Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. Today's Daf Masech is Gitin is Daf Nunvav 56. We're starting at the two dots towards the bottom of Nunhei Amud Beis, 55b at the bottom. So we're going to have four sections in today's Daf. This is the famous Tishabav Gemara, so the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. And we're going to see four sections in terms of its, it's really one story, but four different sections. We'll have the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. We'll have the resulting Roman armies that came to attack Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalayim which is going to be Nero and Vespasian in the story of the Beryonim and Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Eventually, the third section is going to be about Titus, and then we'll talk about raising the dead in Unculus when he was seeking conversion. A lot to talk about today. So let's go at the two dots. Om Rabbi Yochanan, bottom of Memtun Hayamud base. Says Rabbi Yochanan, what does it mean when the Pasuk tells us? The reason it's brought here is because the Mishnah was talking about Sikrikon, which was a time in history when there was oppression, the Goyim were killing Jews, which was during Chorban ba- uh, Bayez Sheni. So because it was during that time period, we're mentioning now the story of the Chorban. So that's why this is classically learned during uh, Tishabov. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan, what does it mean when the Pasuk in Mishlei says, Ashrei ad mefachet tamid, praised is a person that is constantly worried, and someone that hardens his heart falls into evil. So Ritosis explains. The Gemara Bracha says somebody that's nervous for bad reasons, that's actually a sinner. But somebody that's nervous for good reasons, like for example, he's nervous he'll forget his Torah learning, that's actually a good thing. So in this context, what it means is, the way we're going to interpret the verse, is people who act without care for the outcome of their actions, the consequences. That's a very negative thing. And that's what we're about to learn. It pops up many times in this sugya. People were acting without thinking about the future. So what happened? Because of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, Yerushalayim was destroyed. Story one, which we'll discuss today. Because of a rooster and a hen, Tormalka was destroyed. We'll discuss that tomorrow. And Asaka Darisbach Harav Betar, because of a side of a chariot, we'll discuss this also, not today, but later, Betar was destroyed. So let's talk about the first story. Kamsa Ubar Kamsa Harav Yerushalayim. What is the story of Kamsa Ubar Kamsa and Bar Kamsa that preceded the destruction of Yerushalayim? Da'u Gavar, now remember, this is by Yisheni. There was a person, Da'u Gavar, there was a fellow, Darachame Kamsa, who was friends with Kamsa, Ubaldababe Bar Kamsa, but his enemy was Bar Kamsa. So we'll call him the host, the Balabais. So we have a fellow who's, who's the, he's friends with Kamsa and he's enemies of Bar Kamsa. Kamsa and Bar Kamsa are two Jews. They're not necessarily father and son, although it would imply that. So this fellow made a party. And he said to his attendant, go and invite Kamsa to my party. He makes a mistake. Instead, he invites Bar Kamsa. So Asa, the host, comes downstairs to his party. Everyone's enjoying. And Ashkeche Dehava Yosef, he found Bar Kamsa sitting at his party too, his sworn enemy. So the Balabai said to himself, analyze the situation. That fellow is the enemy of that fellow. It means Bar Kamsa is my enemy. My boy Yisachah, what is he doing here? Kumpo, get out of here. You don't belong here. So Bar Kamsa said to the host, realizing there was a miscommunication, 
Once I've already come, leave me alone and I'll pay for my food and drink. Meaning, don't embarrass me and kick me out. I'll cover the expenses of my food. Turn it to Nunvav Mudalif. Amarle, lo. The host says, absolutely not. Get out of my party. Amarle, Sabar Kamsa says back to the host, I'll pay for the cost of half of the party. Just leave me alone. Amarle, lo. Balabaya says, no. So Barakamsa says, I'll pay for the entire cost of your of your event. Just leave me alone and don't embarrass me and kick me out in public. The host says, no. This guy was not having Barakamsa at his party. He took Barakamsa by his hands. He lifted him up and threw him out of the party. So he embarrassed him in public. Now Barakamsa is shamed, obviously. And he concludes the following. Omar Barakamsa said like this, since the rabbis were sitting at this party and they didn't protest against the host, it must be they were agreeable to this situation. And the Marsha speaks out, the Mephoshim speak out, could be the rabbis didn't have anything that they possibly could do, or that they didn't realize what was going on. Either way, the point is, he's blaming the rabbis, he's saying that they were implicit in this crime, but it's just... Perhaps this is just another way of blaming the rabbis. But he says, once the rabbis are involved in this, I'm going to go now and speak negatively about the Jews to the Caesar, the Roman Caesar, who uh, is the governing force over, over Eretz Yisrael, over the Jewish people. So he went and he said to the Caesar, Mardubach, you died. The Jews are rebelling against you. So the Caesar said to Barakamsa, who says that the Jews are rebelling against me? Amar Leisa Barakamsa said, Let's, I propose a, te- a test. Send a karban to the Jewish people. Chaziz, and you'll see, if they sacrifice the karban, then you'll know that, uh, that, they, that they are supportive of you. If they don't sacrifice it, they're not supportive of you. Happens to be the Gemara, the Parsh, in Parshish Pinchas, we learn there were 70 bulls brought over Sukkis that represented the 70 nations because Karbanus was good for the nations. They were allowed to send also individual Karbanus if they wanted. So if they don't bring the Karban you send, clearly they're rebelling against you. Azal Shadar Biyade, Igla Tilsa. So he sent in the hands of Barkamsa, literally means the third calf. But a third calf is either a third, a third born calf or a third of its development. But either way, it's a very choice calf. Bahadi de Kaasi, as Barkamsa is traveling to Yerushalayim, he was smart. He says, He placed a blemish on this animal in its upper lip. Or he created a cataract in the eye of the animal. Place that for the Jews, this is a blemish and cannot be sacrificed. But as the Goyim look at it, it's not a blemish. Which means, if the Jews say we're not going to sacrifice it because it's blemished, the Jews are going to, the, the, the Caesar will say, you're just, you're just pushing me away and you're rebelling against me. So Sav Rabbanan Lekruvi, the Rabbanan first thought when he arrived, let's just sacrifice the animal. Mishim Shlom Malchus, to keep peace with the, with the Melech, with the monarch. Amar Lehu, Rabbi Zechari ben Avkulas, so Rabbi Zechari ben Avkulas, the head of the Jews over there, Yom, he said, we can't do that because Yomer, then Jews are going to say, Ba'alei Momin Kraven Legabi Mizbeach, you're allowed to bring blemished animals on the Mizbeach. So Savr Lamiktale, they said, let's kill Barkamsa then, and he won't go back, and then we won't have a problem. Delolezavalema, so he shouldn't go back to the Caesar and tell him we hadn't brought it. So Amr Lurabizhari, Rabizhari ben Avkula said again, the Jews are going to say that anyone who puts a blemish on a carbon is going to die, which is not true. He's not Chayav Misa. So Amr Rabbi Yochan, and after this story, what ended up happening was Barkamsa went back and he 
said negative things about the Jews. They didn't bring your carbon, causing a korban, as we'll learn momentarily. But Rabbi Yochanan commented on this story, on literally means the humility, but it means the inability to act practically. Of Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkulas, Hechariva es Beisenu caused the destruction of the Beis Amikdash, Vesarfa es Hechalenu and destroyed or burnt our Hechal, Veheglisanu Meretzenu and caused us to be exiled from our lands. Rashi learns what they should have done was killed Barkamsa. He's somebody going to the government to rat Jews out against. He's ratting out against well, Jews. How, how did he, they know that he was ratting them out? Did they, did they figure it out? Or he said to them. Could be he said it to them. Yeah. I Meaning apparently they knew what was going they, on. They knew. Yeah. They knew. Probably they saw also the prior story. He was embarrassed. They, they put two and two together, and they should have killed him. That's what Rashi learns over here. Savlanuso Shesavalasev, meaning Zechariah acted in a way that was, he didn't act proactively. Velohargoi, he didn't kill him. He should have killed, they should have killed this Kapar fellow. They didn't. So that caused the destruction, which harkens back to the Pasuk we quoted above, is this ability. We have to act proactively. It's very important to act proactively. So, so what happens? Caesar gets the message they're rebelling. He sends an army out against the Jews to quell the rebellion. The, the rebellion. So Shadari Luya Neron Kesar. So first he sends out against the Jews Neron Kesar. Some learn this Neron Kesar is Nero. Nero was one of the emperors. So they send Nero as the general against the Jewish people. Now Nero was very superstitious. And he wanted to test to see is this a good idea for him to fight against the Jews. So Kikasi, as he arrived in Rushalayim. He did the following test. He shot an arrow towards the east. The arrow fell in Yerushalayim. He shot an arrow in the west. It also fell in Yerushalayim. He, he shot an arrow in all four directions. The arrows fell in Yerushalayim. So he said to a child, Tell me the Pasuk you learned in Yeshiva today. This was like a, a minor baskal or prophecy of some sort. So Amar Leis, the child said, Pasuk in Yecheskel teaches, I'm going to place my uh, my punishment, my uh, nekama, in the hands of Edom, through in, on Edom in, my hand, in the hands of the Jewish people. Which means to say is, I'm going to use Edom to punish the Jews, and then I'm going to destroy Edom for punishing the Jews. So Amar Nero, Nero and Kesar, he concluded, Hashem wants to destroy his house and he utilize us, the Romans, as the tool to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. And he wants to wipe his hands with that person. Means, and then afterwards, he wants to destroy Edom for doing such a thing. I don't want to be involved in that. So, he got up, he ran away, and he was Megayer. So, Nero and Kesar, he converted to Judaism. And Remeyer, descended from Neron Kesar. So there's an expression that Nero played the fiddle while Rome burned or something like that. And he's looked at in Roman history with a great despise, like they looked at him very negatively. Could be he converted to Judaism if Neron is Nero, and when he converted, they thought he had just gone nuts or he went off the, off the, uh, off the map. I don't exactly know what happened. But either way, Nero wasn't getting the mission done. So Shadri Luyu Las Bastianus Kesar instead. The Caesar sent Aspasianus Vespasian against Yerushalayim to destroy Yerushalayim. Now, he created a siege against Yerushalayim for three years, not allowing food, product, etc. into Yerushalayim. However, this was not a major issue. Why was this not a major issue? Because there were three wealthy people in Yerushalayim. 
Nakdimon ben Gorion, one of them was Nakdimon ben Gorion, ben Kalba Savua, u ben Now, each of these three, we're going to see their name alludes to their chesed or their very extreme levels of wealth. Nakdimon ben Gorion, literally it means the sun pierced through. The Gemara in Tainus tells us a story because of the great kindness that he did with the Jewish people. There was a story where it had gotten dark and Shinak Dalochama Babur, the sun pierced through the clouds. It's like he brought the sun back even though it was night. It's a story in Tainus that we learned over there. Ben Kalba Savua, why was he called the hungry, satisfied dog? Anyone that went into his house when he was hungry like a dog, he left when he was satisfied. So he gave a lot of food to the poor. Ben why was he called that? His tzitzis were dragging on pillows. He always had somebody holding pillows under him based on his extreme wealth. Ikadamri and others say, that his chair was placed amongst the great Romans, which means he was a very, he had person, a very well-connected, wealthy person. Now, these three very wealthy people were fabulously wealthy, and they said as follows, there's no product, there's no food coming in, but I will support with wheat and barley the entire Jewish nation. The other one said, the second one said, I'll support them with wine, with salt, and with oil. I'll take care of all of those things. And the third person said, I'll support them with wood. Now wood is necessary for fuel, for heating, and all of that. The Rabbanan praised the third fellow who supported the who proposed to support the Jewish people with wood more than the rest. The Rav Chizda because we find the Rav Chizda all the keys of his storage houses of his um, of his product he would give to his. Uh, assistant, bar meditzivi, besides for the storage house of wood. That was a very expensive storage house. As Rav Chizda explained, one storage house of wheat, required 60 storage houses of wood because you need a lot of fuel to cook one, I don't know, to bake one loaf of bread. So this was the most significant proposition. Now, there was enough product in the city of Yerushalayim to support the people, the entire nation, for 21 years. So they were good because they could have held out. The Romans would have tired eventually and they would have left. However, Jews always create issues for themselves. And therefore, there were beryonim in the city. Rashi learns beryonim are people that are rakim, empty, and they just want to fight. So these were Beryonim, these were like the anti-Chachamim. They just wanted to fight against the Romans. They didn't want to make peace. These were like the, uh, I don't know what you would call them today, just uh, the people that just want to make problems, the rabble-rousers. That's who these people were. So Amr al-Hurabbanan, the Rabbanan said to these Beryonim, they, they said to the, sorry, the Rabbanan said to the Beryonim, the problem was like this, is that the Rabbanan, they had maybe a spiritual power in the city, but they didn't actually have the physical force. So the Beryonim controlled those people that left and came into the city. So the rabbi said to the Beryonim, We want to go out, out of the city and make peace with the Romans. We'll explain to them. It was a miscommunication. We don't know, we're not rebelling, etc. The Beryonim would not allow the rabbis to leave the city. The Beryonim said, We want to go fight with the Romans. You're not supported. Hashem doesn't support your actions. So if you're going to try to fight, you're going to get leveled. You're going to get smashed. So the Beryonim wanted to push the issue, and they went and they burnt down the storage houses of wheat and barley. So now, and therefore there was a famine. Now the Jews are starving. They figured if we do this, then they'll agree to us to fight with the Romans. 
Now, eventually, they did not agree to it. As we'll see momentarily, this didn't actually result in the outcome that they were seeking. But before that, the Gemara tells us the level of hunger based on one of the wealthy women in Yerushalayim. The Gemara tells us, Marta Bas Baisus, Atirta de Yerushalayim Havya. Marta Bas Baisus was the wealthiest woman in Yerushalayim. Shadarta Lishlucha Va'amr, this is a very pampered wealthy woman. Shadarta Lishlucha Va'amr so she sent a messenger to the market when this famine had started. And she said to the messenger, Zil Aisili Semida, go buy me fine flour bread. Highest quality bread. Ada'azil is dabi. When the when the shliach had arrived at the market, that had already been sold out. Asa amr la smida leka chiyorta ika. So he told her, there's no fine flour bread left, but there is white flour bread, which is the next level. Amrle she said, Zil Aisili, so go buy that. Ada'azil is dabi. When the shliach got to the market, to the market had already been sold out. Asa amrle came back and told her, chiyorta leka gushkira ika. Right, the fine flour, the white flour is not no longer there, but the coarse flour bread is, is still available. Amrle, zilai sili, so go buy that. Adazla is dabin, so when he got to the market, it was sold. There's only barley flour left. Barley was generally used for animal feed. Okay, that's all that's left. Amrle, so she said to him, zilai sili, buy that. Adazla is dabin, when he got there, it had also been sold out. So she figured, you know, I have to take care of this myself. My shliach is not getting it done. She took off her shoes to show her, her level of uh, lo- lowering herself. Amran, she said, I'll go out and see if I could find something myself to eat. She stepped in some excrement on the street, and she ended up dying from the shock because the level of uh, pa- pa- uh, pampering that she had experienced her whole life mm-hmm. when she stepped in the street which was like so out of her comfort zone and she stepped in excrement that caused her to pass away. And Rabbi Yechonah ben Zakkai referred to her I believe this is a Pesach in Kisava when it talks about the Tochacha Haraka Becha, the, the uh, sensitive one amongst you, Anuga, the pampered one, that the palm of her foot never stepped outside, she is going to have to end up acting in a way that's very lowly, etc. That's referring to Marta Basbaisis. In Iqad Amri, there was another version, Grogros to Rabbi Tzadok Achla, that she had eaten the Grogros, the fatty, the, the date of Rabbi Tzadok. The Itnesa, she became nauseated, Umesa, and she ended up dying. The Gemara is about to show us Rabbi Tzadok was a great Tzadok that fasted for many years so that Yerushalayim wouldn't be destroyed. And when he would eat from a date, he would suck out the juice and then discard it. She had eaten that, and I guess because of his sickness, she felt nauseous, which makes sense, and therefore she ended up dying. The Gemara tells us that Rabbi Tzadok, Yosef Arbaan Shnin Anisa, Rabbi Tzadok sat for 40 years in fasting, that Yerushalayim shouldn't be destroyed. And when he would eat something, you could see it going down his... Uh, system from the outside because of how emaciated he was. If you have a bar, when he would get healthy, they would bring him this fatty, uh, fattened uh, date. Is it date or fig, Grogos? Fig, thank you. He would drink the juice from it. He would throw away the fig itself. And Now, when this Marta Basbaisis was dying, she took all of her gold and silver. She threw it out into the market. Amr and she said, boy, what do I need this gold and silver for? All this money doesn't get me anywhere because you can't eat money. You could only eat product and there's no product to eat. Like the Pazak in Yecheskel says, they throw out their monies in the streets. 
and there's nothing to do about that. Back to our story at hand. So you have the situation, the rabbis want to go out and make peace, and the Beryonim don't allow them to go out and make peace. Now, Abba Sikra, Reish Beryoni Yerushalayim. He was the head of the Beryonim of Yerushalayim. So Abba Sikra is the fellow's name who is the head of this uh, group of bandits, the head of the rabble-rousers. Now, Bar Achted Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai Hava. He was actually the nephew of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, who was the head of the rabbis. So the nephew of the rabbis was the head of the Beryonim, the opposition. Sholach Lei, so he sent, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai sent a message to Abba Sikra, Tabit come to me in privacy. In, in, in a surreptitious way, obviously people can't know that we're creating some sort of a, a, an agreement because your, your people won't appreciate that. So come come quietly to, work, to, to meet with me. Also, so Abbasikra came to visit Rabbi Yochanan Mezaka. Amr had Amos of the Suwahi. So he said to Abbasikra, Till when are you going to do this? And you're killing the people with, with starvation. I need to go out and make peace with the Vespasian, with the Romans. So Amr So Abbasikra said, which is historically, you find this concept, what should I do? The, the, the movement has already gotten beyond my control. I can't do anything anymore. If I say something, they'll just kill me and replace me with another leader. Abba Sikra said, I can't do anything at this point. said, figure out a solution that I can get out of the city and then I'll try to make peace. Maybe I can make some sort of a salvation with, with I'll make some peace. Reconciliation with Vespasian. Amrlay, so Abbasikra gave the following advice. Nikot Nafshik Bikitsiri. Act as if you're very sick. Everyone will come visit you. Then afterwards, at some point, put some rotted meat next to you so it smells like you had passed away. People will say that you died. Only let your students carry the uh, stretcher, the, the coffin. Don't let other people carry the coffin. Obviously, he's alive inside, but mm-hmm. so they shouldn't realize that you're light. Because they would know that a light person is lighter than a dead person. Now, I don't quite understand what this means. Living apparently, person, a living person feels lighter than a corpse. Right, so I'm not sure exactly what that means, but apparently, if other people would carry you, they'd be able to sense that you're alive because they would feel li- you would feel lighter than if you were not alive. So since a living being automatically tends to balance its weight, making it easier to carry a corpse or an animal object with a certain weight, it's harder to carry. Hence the expression dead I guess weight. I could stay in place, maybe better. I guess. So either way, but then don't let other people carry you so that they don't people don't realize that you're actually alive. So Avirach, they did this plan. And they pretended like he was dead. They put him in this stretcher or put him in this coffin. And Nechnasbor So Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua, the students of Yochanan Mitzak, I carried the sides of the coffin. Kimat Lepischa when they reached the entrance of the city, because they were going to bury him outside. The only thing they let outside was to bury the dead. So the Beryonim, they were horrible people, and they wanted to stab Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's, what they thought was his corpse, with a knife to see maybe he's not really dead. So the other Jews said to him, The Romans are going to say, Look how bad you guys are. You're stabbing your great rabbis. They want to shake up the, the, the coffin. They're going to say, The Romans are going to say, You're shaking up your rabbis. You have no respect. So finally, they opened up the gate. Rabbi Yochanan was brought out. And finally, he was able to go meet with Vespasian and try to attempt some sort of a minimal salvation. So Kimot Allahasim, when they arrived there, Amar, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zaka said to Vespasian, Shalma Allah Malka, Shalma Allah Malka, peace on you, king, 
peace on you, king. Now, Vespasian was not the king, he was the general. He wasn't the Caesar. So, Amr Lehmechayevis, Trekitolos, if Vespasian said to Rebbechadim and Zakai, you are Chayev Misa, you're liable to be put to death for two reasons. Now, first of all, I'm not the king. You're calling me the king. So, you're being married by Malchus. It's a rebellion against the real king. Vesu, furthermore, Yimalkan, if I really was the king, why didn't you come greet me before now? You should have come prior. That which you said, you're not the king, turning to Ninvav Mudbeis. It's true, you have to be the king. Why? Because if you were not the king, Yerushalayim would not be given over to your hands. Because in Yeshaya, the Pasuk says, The Lebanon will fall in the hands of the mighty. Adir refers to a king. Like it says in Yermia, the king is from them. refers to the Beis as it says, You see, Lebanon refers to the Beis So it only is given over in the hands of somebody that's a king. So it must be you're going to be king, which we'll see momentarily he became the king. Regarding your second complaint against me, the Ka'amr Imalka no, if I'm if I'm the king of my Sisa why didn't you come earlier? So Rabbi said, Ada Idna Baryoni de Ispan Lo Shafkinon. The Baryonim until now didn't allow me to leave the city, so that's why I didn't come earlier. So Amr Le so Vespasian responded to Rabbi Zakai, he said with a mushal, Ilu Chavis shall dvash. If you had a a uh, barrel of honey, vidarkon karochale, and there was a snake wrapped around the barrel. darkon. Would you not break the barrel to kill the snake? So what he was saying basically was, why didn't you allow us to break the walls of the city in order to get rid of the baryonim? Then you could come make peace with us. So Ishtik, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was quiet. Now, Kari Alei Rabbi Yosef, Item Rabbi Akiva, later in history, Rabbi Yosef or Rabbi Akiva commented about this story and they said with the Pasuk in Yeshaya, Meshiv Chachamim Achor, Hashem causes the Chachamim to become backwards. V'dayta Misachel, and their intelligence is, is, uh, is becomes foolish. Because Iboyle Lameymar Leir, Biochadim and Zaka could have responded, Shaklina in Tzivsa, Vishaklina Leiladark, and Vikatlina Lei. What you could do in that case is take a tongs, remove the snake, kill the snake, and then the barrel of honey remains as is. I.e., what could have happened was we could have killed the baryonim, keep the walls intact, and then we don't have to destroy the walls. But he did not respond that way. Sometimes in history, that's what happens. Adahachis, as they were talking, a messenger came from Rome, so he said to this Vespasian, get up because Caesar has died. And the... Uh, the officers of Rome have decided to place you as the king. So he saw Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's prophecy essentially came true. Now in the moment he was putting on one shoe. He only had one shoe on. It's Vespasian. He wanted to put on the other shoe. It wouldn't go on his foot. He wanted to remove the first shoe. It wouldn't come off. So what's going on? So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said, Don't be worried. Since you got good news, you became the emperor. The Pasuk tells us in Mishlei, Good news causes the bones to swell. So your foot swelled, and that's why you can't get the shoe off. So what's the solution? Let somebody who you don't appreciate walk in front of you. Because the Pasuk also says in Mishlei, A lowly spirit, causes the bones to shrink. So the point is, if you do this, so he did this, he ended up doing this, and his foot shrank and he was able to put the other shoe on, fine. 
So Amar Leso, Vespasian turns to Rabbi Yochanan Medzaka, seeing that he's obviously a very smart man. So, If you're such an intelligent person, why didn't you come to visit me before? So Amar Leso, he said back, I already told you that Beryonim wouldn't allow me to escape. So Amar Leso, Vespasian said to Rabbi Yochanan Medzaka, I also responded with a mushal. You should have broken the barrel to, to get out. So Amar I also said that you should have broken the barrel, etc. Fine. Kitzer, he wasn't able to overcome him in that regard, but he did see that Rabbi Yochanan Mazak was a great man, and because he had showed him deference and he had showed him respect and wisdom, he wanted to do Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai a favor of some sort. So Amr Leisov, Vespasian said to Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai, Mezelazilna, I'm going to go back to Rome. I'm going to send another general to fight against Yerushalayim. That's the reality. But if you ask something from me, I'll be happy to give it to you. So Amr Leishu, I said, I asked three requests from you. Number one, give me Yavna and it's Talmidei Chachamim. This is a great city of great rabbis, Torah scholarship, tradition. Leave that city alone. Number two, leave alone the descendants, the family of Rabban Gamliel. Rashi says it was the house of the Nasi. This is Malchus based David. So leave our kingship intact. And also send doctors and medicine to heal Rabbi Tzadok, who had been fasting for 40 years and was very sick and emaciated. Now the Gemara comments about this. These requests, again, Rabbi Yosef or Rabbi Akiva commented, means Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai commented, he asked for these things, but it was a foolish request. He should have just said, leave us entirely alone and don't destroy Yerushalayim. But the Gemara says that's not actually a foolishness. Because Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai assumed, he won't even do that. If I ask for such a great request, they've decided they're going to level Yerushalayim. So I can't ask for that. And then I won't even get the small request, so I'll ask for something less significant, but that's significant to us in the end of the day. Now the Gemara just goes on a tangent to explain what was the medicinal benefits of Rabbi Tzadok, meaning what was the process of his rehabilitation. So the Gemara tells us, Yom HaKam, on the first day, the doctors gave him bran water, which was some water mixed with a little bit of bran. They were basically just trying to open his intestines a little bit because they had shrunken so much based on his fasting. The next day, they gave him a little bit of a thicker mixture, which was a thicker bran with a little bit of flour mixed in. The next day, water with flour mixed in. Until his intestines, his insides, expanded somewhat a little bit, a little bit, until he was healthy enough to eat normally. After the Holocaust, there were Jews who ate food because they were so excited that there was food, and they actually ended up dying after the war because you, they, their bodies yeah. couldn't take it. I mean, it's just a, okay. Let's move on. Now we get to Titus, third section of the day here, the famous Titus. Titus is arch and all of that arch, arch. I think yeah. Now what happened was so Vespasian leaves, and then the, the Rome sends Titus to go and destroy Yerushalayim. And the Pasuk says about him that he commented, Where is their God, the rock that they depended on? This refers to Titus the wicked that cursed and spoke blasphemous against Hashem. Ma'asa, what did he do? So he did to show his level of disdain against the Baruch Hu. 
<clears throat> he grabbed the prostitute with his hand. He entered the holy of the holies, the holiest place of the Jewish people. He laid out a sefer Torah on the floor. And he committed act of uh, Avera, had relations with her in the Kodesh HaKadosh and with the prostitute to show his level of disdain and disrespect for Hashem. Pretty horrible thing. He took a sword and he cut the paroches, the curtain that was to separate between the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Venasa nes, a nes occurred. Blood started to bubble and flow out of the paroches. Hashem did this so that he thought, now what he ended up thinking was that he had killed the God of the Jews. Rashi Tosfus here actually says, Hashem did this to show that it was as difficult for him, Chorben Beis HaMikdash, as was for the Jewish people, as if he had killed Hashem. He thought he had killed himself. It's an expression, a euphemism. He thought he killed God. As the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Your enemies are, are, are calling out in the midst of your uh, appointed places. They place signs as their signs. Meaning he thought that this was a sign he had killed Hashem. Abachanan said a different reference to this concept in Tehillim. Who is like you? What does it mean? Who is like you, Hashem, who is strong and withholds? That you see the blaspheme of that Russia and you're quiet, you don't respond. Meaning, he should have leveled Titus right away, but he didn't because this was what was necessary. Who is like you amongst the gods, Hashem? Gods means with a lowercase g. Amongst the mighty ones, Hashem. The way you read Be'elim, it doesn't mean gods, but it means amongst the mute ones. It means you're not responding because you want this to happen. Unfortunately, this is what needs to happen. So what did Titus do afterwards? He took the paroiches. So he took the curtain, the holy curtain that separated between the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Vaso kimin gargutsni, and he made it like a bag, like a, some sort of a bag. Vehaviu kol kelim shabemikdash vehinichu vehinichan bohen. He took all the vessels, the holy vessels of the base hamikdash, and he put them inside of this makeshift bag. Vehoshivan besefina lelech liyshtabech biiro, and then he brought it in a boat to go and. Uh, be glorified in his city for his conquest. Shenemer, as the Pasuk says in Kohelas, I saw wicked buried, Ubo, and they came, they came from a, they, from a, a, a holy place, they came, they, they went, and it was forgotten in the city what they had done. Don't read it as if it's Kivurim, or rather that they gathered. To be praised, means they gathered all the vessels from Yerushalayim to be praised in their city in Rome. There's another version which says about this mamish that they'll be buried. That Hakadosh Baruch caused even the hidden vessels to be revealed to Titus. So there was an idea here where Hashem like gave everything up to him. He wanted everything to be given up. A, to show the level of the destruction, and B, so that Titus thought he was actually going to succeed. Now, as he was traveling in the boat, a storm, a tempest of storm, Shabiyam Latovo, uh, attempted to drown him, some sort of a wind or a, 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 a wave, 
And Omar, so Titus said to himself, Kimedumani, it appears to me, Shalokem, Shal Elu, the God of the Jews, and Gvurosa Elabamayim. He only has might in the water. Ba Paro, Tavo Bamayim. Paro was conquered in the water. Krias Yamsuf. Ba Sisra, the story was Sisra, Tavo Bamayim. He was also sunken in the water. Afu Omid Alayelatov, any Bamayim. So he also wants to sink me in the water. Im Gibor, who so he said to Hashem, if Hashem is mighty, Ya'alali Abash of Yasi, Imim Lchama. He'll go to the dry land and fight with me there. Yats the Baskol. Baskol came out for Amrlo and said to him, Rasha ben Rasha. You're the wicked one, the son of the wicked one. Ben Benosha Lesa Varasha, the descendant of Esav. Beria Kala Yeshli Ba'ilami Shema. I have a small creature in the world. It's called a Yitush. A Yitush is a gnat or a mosquito. Amai Karili Beria Kala. Why is it called a small creature? Dima Alan, Dima Alnale. That it eats, it has a place to consume, but it doesn't have a place to excrete. I don't know in reality if this is so. Maybe we just don't see what it excretes exactly. But the point is it's so insignificant that you can't see or it doesn't excrete, etc. So I have this tiny creature in the world. So go up to the dry land and do war with it, with this tiny creature. So Abasha, Titus arrived on the dry land. This gnat came and entered through his nose. And for seven years, it was pecking away at his brain. You can imagine the uh, level of that headache. That was probably pretty awful. One day, he was walking by the door of the blacksmith where the guy was banging some sort of a hammer. Shama colors after he heard the sound of the banging of the hammer and Ishtik, the gnat got scared and it stopped pecking. So Amrika Takanta, Satita said, there's a solution. So every day they would bring a blacksmith. He would bang in front of Titus. Imagine the headache that gave. But anyways, it stopped the uh, pecking of this net. Now, if it was a non-Jewish blacksmith, he'd pay for Zuz for the services. So if it was a Jewish blacksmith, he said, it's enough for you that you see my suffering, the suffering of your enemy, I'm not going to pay you. For 30 days, this was a great solution. After 30 days, once it was threshed, it was threshed, meaning it was pressed down, it didn't work anymore, the gnat got used to it, and it started back with its old ways. Tanya, the Brysa says, I was amongst the great Romans, when he died, they cut open his head, they found it like the size of an average uh, bird, like a, a pigeon. Mishkal shnei slime that weighed two slime. This this gnat had grown to a significant size. Bemasnisatan and Abraisa taught kegozel ben shana like a one-year-old pigeon. Mishkal shnei litrin the size of two litrin. Okay. Amr Abai, Abai concludes the story and he says, Naktinan, we have a tradition, piv shal nechoshes, that its mouth was of iron, vitzipornav shal barzel, and it, uh, or copper, and tzipornav, uh, its uh, claws, were made out of uh, iron. Okay. I don't know if you take that literally or if that's uh, figurative. Either way, that's the end of that story. But now the Gemara goes on to the final, uh, just sorry, the end of the story goes, Kihava Kamayas, when Titus was dying, Amr Lahu, he said to the people there, Lahu Gavra, after I die, burn my body, Ulevadri Lekitme Ashev Yami, and scatter my ashes in the seven seas, so that Hashem won't find me, the God of the Jews won't find me, and stand me up in judgment. He thought he could avoid judgment in this way. So now the Gemara tells us a story with Unculus. And this is the fourth point of the day and the final point. Unculus, we know, was the famous, he wrote the Targum Unculus. So before when he was considering becoming Jewish, 
He raised up three people from the dead to ask their opinion through Ove, which is some necromancy, some black magic, should he become Jewish. So the Gemara tells like this, Unculus Barclonicus, Unculus Barclonicus Barachde de Titus Hava, Barachde de Titus, he was the nephew of Titus. Now he was considering he wanted to convert to Judaism. So he raised up Titus using Ov, some black magic, after he had died. So he said to Titus, Who is significant in the next world? The Jews are. So should I connect with them? Should I become Jewish? They have many rules and you're not going to be able to keep all of them. Go fight with the Jews in that world. So you'll become the head. Because it says in the Pasuk in Eicha, The enemies of the Jews become the head. Anybody that fights with the Jewish people becomes the leader. So he said to Titus, how are you judged in that world? The way that I dealt with myself. Turning to Yuma Every day, they gather my ashes, and then they rejudge me. Then they burn me again and scatter my ashes in the seven seas. So then he raised up Bilam. We just finished actually Parshas Sebalak, Pinchas. He raised up Bilam <coughs> in the same way. He says again, who was who's significant in the next world? Yisrael, it's the Jewish people. <coughs> Should I connect with them? Actually, the Pasuk we say regarding Moab, that we're not supposed to seek out their peace and their good all their days. I mean, don't stay away from them. How are you judged in that world? I'm boiled in hot semen. Now, why was it hot semen? Because he's the one who had given the advice to cause the non-Jewish girls, to cause the Jewish men, the Benos Moav and Midian, so there was an element associated with the crime. Then he went and raised up the Poshe Yisrael. Literally means the sinners of Israel. Some learn this refers to Yeshua Notzri, to uh, Jesus, actually. He said, who is, who is uh, significant in that world? Amr Yisrael, the Jewish people. Should I connect with them? Yes, seek out their good. Don't seek out their bad. Anybody that touches them, that bothers them. It's like he's touching his eye. He means the eye of Hashem. It's like you're, you're uh, starting up with God. How are you punished in that world? I'm punished with boiling excrement. As it was stated, Gemara says, Anybody that mocks the words of the sages, they're treated with boiling excrement. The Gemara just finishes off the story and says, Come and see the difference between the sinners of Israel and the prophets of Ovdei Avodah of the non-Jews. means the sinners of the Jewish people, albeit they were sinners, eventually they said, it's a good idea to connect with the Jewish people. But the Goyim who were these, they even after they're being punished and all that, they still, still stay away from the Jewish people. Tanya, Amr, Belazar, Bo, So we finish off the story of Kamsa and Barkam. So we say, come and see how great is the idea, the power of, of shame. Because Hashem assisted Bar Kamtza because he was ashamed. Causing the Beis Hamikdash to be destroyed, even though it was the Beis Hamikdash, because he was ashamed, it caused such massive destruction. Now we're going to stop here. We'll pick up tomorrow, Hashem, and Zion with um, the story of.
Tarnagola and Tarnagolta, more and more of the stories of the destruction of the Chorban of the Beis Hamikdash, Yerushalayim, etc.